Marcy stood on numb legs, unable to move. It wasn't that she didn't have the strength to walk across the schoolyard and up those wide, sweeping steps that led to the gaping double doors. It was that she didn't want to walk past the other students. But school was out, and she had to get to her locker, simple as that. Which meant she had to pass by them. She'd long ago stopped thinking of them by name. It wasn't Kevin, the quarterback, who led his fans around campus, or Cheryl, his girlfriend, who had an annoying habit of popping her gum, or Tom, who had that loud motorcycle they called an Indian. It was just them. There were 29 kids in the 11th grade. 28 of them were going to Kevin's fall party tonight. One was not. It didn't take a rocket scientist to know which one that was. The one with the long, stringy brown hair. The one who had fat fingers and stubby nails. The one who tried to cover her zits with makeup but failed miserably. The one who wore Salvation Army rejects because she couldn't afford real clothes from Rich's department stores. Marcy stood still, knowing that even now, standing alone on the front lawn, she stuck out like a wart. It was Friday. School was out. She couldn't just stand here forever. Marcy lowered her eyes to the grass and forced herself forward. Her red plaid kick pleat skirt hung around her knees. She'd saved up three months and bought it a week ago, but she hadn't worked up the courage to wear it until today. A stupid, stupid, stupid thing to do. What was she thinking? She hated herself for feeling like she had to wear it to fit in. Three girls were walking by, looking at her. Nice skirt, one of them said. Marcy's face flushed. She should have gone home. Stunning, the second said. You wearing that dress tonight? Marcy's vision clouded with embarrassment. All of them knew she hadn't been invited. Never too late to impress the boys, the third said, winking. Please, she isn't even going, and if she showed up in that, we'd have to lock her in the bathroom to keep the boys from throwing up. The girl skipped ahead. Come on, Bobby's waiting. Marcy's world spun. Funny how it never got easier. She walked forward. The steps had emptied. She climbed them a step at a time, hating every swish of her skirt. The building had emptied, too. She turned down the long hall and walked quickly, scuffed shoes clicking on the concrete floor. She reached her locker, pulled it open, and stared in. Her diary sat on her upper shelf. She stared at it dumbly. The words she'd written just a week ago ran through her mind. I'm pretty sure I have enough money for at least a new skirt, the one in the window at Lerner's. Maybe a new blouse, too. I'm going to do it. I'm going down to pick out a skirt that all the others would wish they had bought. Then I'm going to wear it to school. Marcy reached for the diary, pulled it out. Maybe she should take the book home and burn it. Someone was in the hall to her left, a shadow in the corner of Marcy's eye. She turned her head. A woman with gray hair, wearing a yellow flowered dress, stood alone in the hall twenty yards away looking directly at her. A vase of roses sat on the cabinet next to the woman. Normally, Marcy would have looked away, but for some reason, she couldn't. She just looked back into the woman's long, haunting stare. They seemed to be trapped in each other's eyes. The air suddenly felt too thick to breathe. Still, the woman wouldn't break off the stare. Marcy didn't know what to do. The woman was suddenly walking down the hall, straight for her, eyes locked. A small wave of dread swept through Marcy's chest. The woman stopped five feet away. There was something about the woman's eyes. 
Pity, maybe horror, but that wasn't it. There was more. Something surreal. Something impossible. What's your name, child? The woman's voice was soft and low with a foreign accent. I'm not here to hurt you, the woman said. You may call me Eve. What is your name? Marcy? Hello, Marcy. The woman blinked. You hate yourself because you don't think you're beautiful, is that it? At first, the question sounded distant. How did the old woman know that? Was it so obvious? Then again, people always assumed that ugly people hated themselves. Though for Marcy, it was true. Do you believe everything can change in the space of one breath, Marcy? The woman asked. Marcy stood frozen. The woman slipped a card from her purse. You think physical beauty is important? Fine. I'll work in your world for your sake. Come to my flower shop tomorrow, and I will make you beautiful. Marcy's thoughts collided. Now that she thought about it, the woman was saying that she really was ugly. Of course she was ugly, everyone knew that, but not so ugly a stranger would walk up to her and make a point of it. The woman stepped forward and slid the card under the diary's cover with a touch as soft as her voice. More beautiful than you can possibly imagine, she said. Eve lifted her hand, touched Marcy's chin. And I'm not speaking of inner beauty, child. I can change the way you look with a power beyond your comprehension. Then the woman turned and walked down the hall. She stepped through the doors to the street and was gone. Marcy stood by her open locker, diary in arm, staring after the woman. The first hints of real anger prompted a faint tremor in her fingers. The anger swelled to rage. How could a total stranger dare make such a cruel insult? How could anyone walk up to her and tell her that she really was ugly and needed to be changed? And how could the witch taunt her with such an absurd promise? Let's dress you up and pretend you're beautiful and parade you around the block for all the boys to laugh at. The tremble ran to Marcy's heels. She clenched her hand, and for the first time that day, a tear slipped from her eye. I hate you, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you! I will cut my wrists before I come to your pathetic little flower shop! Chapter 2 Eve stood in the small greenhouse attached to her home and hummed as she pruned the roses. To her left, a bed of Darwin hybrid tulips blossomed bright red and yellow along the glass shell. Behind her, against the wall, a flat of purple orchids filled the air with their sweet aroma. A dozen other species of roses grew in neat boxes. But none was so special as this one rose bush at her fingertips. This one spoke of true beauty, magical beauty. This was Nadia's rose, and if the unsuspecting residents of Atlanta knew the power Nadia wielded, they would... The doorbell chimed. Eve set her scissors on the table next to the book. She paused, staring at the red cover, which depicted a man's face stretched open in a throaty laugh. Dance of the dead. Bittersweet. Through the right lenses, just sweet. Magic. She reached out and touched the cover. Power. So much power. The bell rang again. Eve let her fingers linger one second longer, then headed toward the front. She pulled the door open. The girl stood there, Marcy, dressed in the same pleated skirt and gray blouse she wore yesterday. How dare you, Marcy spat. 
The girl glared for a full ten seconds, started to say something, then clamped her mouth shut. Evidently, her planned speech wasn't rolling off her tongue as intended. She turned on her heels and headed up the driveway. "'It's your decision, Marcy,' Eve said. "'But if you enter my house, I'm quite certain you'll leave a different woman.' That stopped the girl. She didn't turn at first, and when she did, her eyes were still angry. "'Why are you doing this to me?' "'Doing what, child?' "'Lying to me! You don't even know me!' "'Then give me a few minutes and I will know you. "'Is your life so full of adventure and appointments "'that you can't spare an hour to test me?' "'Marcy stared at her, caught off guard. "'You came to be made beautiful,' Eve said. "'And I really can make you beautiful. "'You think this is a fairy tale?' "'No, I'm talking about something more real than your own pain. "'It's not every day I offer it to someone as unappreciative as you.' "'They traded stares for another five seconds.' The girl is more stubborn than I guessed. Perhaps she won't succumb to the power as easily as I imagined. Though most did. Most certainly did. It's your choice, Marcy, but I'm not going to stand out here forever. I have things to do. Eve started to turn back into the house. How do I know you won't do something crazy? Marcy asked. Eve faced the girl and smiled. Depending on how you see it, everything I do is crazy. Another five seconds. Inside? Marcy asked, looking past Eve. Yes, inside. Okay, five minutes. No, it'll take an hour. Marcy hesitated. Then she walked past Eve into the house and stopped in the living room. Eve closed the door. Do you smell that?